Amen. I hope that was a little bit of an encouragement. I'm sure many of us haven't been downtown in months. It is definitely not as busy as it was before. Uh, and yesterday, as you could see, that was around lunchtime. And uh, normally the streets would be packed. But there is still life. There is still uh, a lot going on. So let's continue to remember them and uh, I'm going to encourage you now to open your Bibles to Psalm 98. Psalm 98. I don't know if you noticed the, the, the last song we just sang. Uh, it's about 1,200 years old. It comes from about the 9th century. O come, O come, Emmanuel. This morning I want to look at the song Joy to the World, which we'll be singing in a minute. But I want to read Psalm 98 from which it's derived. O sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has removed his, er, remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Amen. Well, as I said, in a couple minutes, we're going to be singing this uh, favorite carol of ours. Uh, but it, really, I don't know if you realized, it was originally published in 1791. It, it wasn't originally a Christmas carol. It was simply a poem, a, a poem of personal reflection by Isaac Watts, one of the, uh, our church history's greatest hymn writers. As he reflected on Psalm 98, he thought about what the New Testament tells us about who Jesus Christ is and why he came. After he had uh, printed this in 1791, it would basically went into obscurity for a hundred years. His words were, were found, were altered slightly by a pastor here in North America, and that pastor sampled part of Handel's Messiah, so that what we have today is actually a Christmas hymn based on an Old Testament psalm. The lyrics themselves were written in England, and it was all pieced together here in, in North America, across on this side of the Atlantic. And so what's really interesting is that, again, this is one of uh, the evangelical church's favorite Christmas hymns. It, it originates in England, but if you go there, hardly anyone in Britain has ever heard of it. It's a favorite here, but no one knows it there. Now, Joy to the World became a, a, a favorite amongst the church quickly, and for good reason. It encapsulates the gospel, doesn't it? It calls us to rejoice in Jesus Christ. Now, Psalm 98 itself is, is a psalm that looks to the future. It, it looks to the coming of a righteous king of the line of David. It looks towards the coming of a king whose kingdom would know no bounds. It would encompass all of the nations of the earth. 
It would be a king who would rule in perfect righteousness and equity. But the words of joy to the world that we sing take that promise that that was looked forward to from the Old Testament and given the impact that we know of the reality of Christ and his ministry, it calls us to cast our eyes on the birth of Jesus Christ, who is the fulfillment of that promise. It's a song that joyfully declares Christ as the coming King and Savior and calls us as believers in Christ to declare that same joy to the world around us, to downtown Toronto, to the communities where each of us live. Now, this joy is expressed in a present reality, as we're going to sing it. It says, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. So there's a reality that while we continue to wait for the fulfillment of that promise, what that means for us for all of eternity, the, the reality is, is that we no longer wait for a righteous king to appear in history. He is, even now, ruling over the nations. He is ruling over all of creation. He is ruling over the church, over all of his people. So we no longer have to wait for justice and mercy to prevail because he is leading his people. He is leading his church. And doing that, he rules in truth and grace. And that is being revealed to the world through us. Once we were under the condemnation of God, the wrath of God for our sins, but now, by faith, there is no more condemnation for all who believe in Jesus Christ. So he's reversing the curse of sin. Because he was born, because he lived, because he was exalted on high, he now reigns in an eternal kingdom which knows no bounds. This world will one day all pass away, but its kingdom shall never know an end. And as wonderful as that is, there's more. Because we're also told that uh, he reigns as king and savior. We know from the New Testament, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. As the spotless lamb of God, his perfect life turned aside the wrath of God that was rightfully ours. He paid the penalty for our sins. And in so doing, he brings peace between us and God, a holy God. He brings communion. We can have a daily uh, relationship with our creator. So our Savior reigns now as an eternal priest of the line of Aaron. Because he was born of a virgin... Because he lived a perfect life, because he gave that life freely as an atonement for our sin, he is now the head of a new family of God, of which we are a part. And he evermore lives to intercede on our behalf at the right hand of the Father. This this joy that we read about in Psalm 98 is so profound, so all-encompassing. It it extends to all of creation. It says, you know, as far as the curse is found. 
heaven and earth rejoice. The hills, the rocks, the plains, they repeat the sounding joy. It it should be the basis of the rejoicing of every person, shouldn't it? And yet we know that that's not the case. This should indeed be good news to all peoples. But because of sin, many people never receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That doesn't mean that he is not a righteous king nor a priest forever. He continues to reign in truth and grace and so compels the nations to come to terms to the truth, uh, to the reality of that truth and grace. We're going to sing the verse that says, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. And when we do that, we're declaring that God in his sovereignty will not suffer his rule to go on unrecognized in this fallen world, but rather will demonstrate through that righteous rulership the superiority of himself to all others who would pretend to rule. And reality is that sooner or later, all peoples, all governments will stand before him and have to give an account they will stand before him and be faced by truth and grace. And that's what happened this morning when I was sharing with John as I was shuffling at 7 o'clock in the morning. We've had several good conversations recently, and on Thursday nights we've prayed for John. He just started saying, how can the world continue on with such governments that are bent on their own self-interest. And they put an omnibus bill forward, uh, 5,000 pages, and in that, there's a little portion of a stimulus for the regular people, but everything else under the sun that is of self-importance to all of the other politicians gets piled in there. And how can a government exist? And he actually asked me, how can God allow this? And I said, well, he allows our sin to come to full flower so that one day as we stand before him, we will be without excuse. Jesus makes the nations prove. He rules now in grace and truth. And our hope, despite living in this morbid world, this, this world that is dead and dying, we are that salt and that light wherever God has called us. This morning, we remember with joy and we sing, Jesus is King. Jesus is Savior. Jesus has conquered the curse for us. Jesus rules the nations.